0: Hey everyone, Lewis here with a quick note before we get to today's episode. If you'd look in the show notes, I would ask you in about uh, 10 seconds to pause this podcast because we have a listener survey that we would love to hear from you and get your feedback on what we are doing well, what we can do better, what sort of interviews you would like to hear more of in the future, and just in general what we can do to make this podcast better and uh, make it better for you to listen to also in there if you've ever been interested on coming on the podcast whether that's for uh, a trivia episode segment or a contest segment or just to talk about something that you are really passionate about with baseball we'd love to hear from you there and love to have you on the podcast on a future episode so go ahead and uh, pause this episode go take that listener survey And then unpause this uh, podcast so you can listen to episode 73 of Our Baseball Weekly.
1: And welcome to episode 73 of Our Baseball Weekly, the weekly podcast from the baseball subreddit. I'm Nime, and this week, Lewis speaks to our Brewers mod, The Bum on the Bus, uh, about the Brewers and the upcoming series with the Cardinals that, you know, we'll see. We'll see who, who does the best. You listen. The Brewers have played a lot of sub-500 teams. The Cardinals have played a lot of 500-plus teams. So, you know, we'll, we'll see who the better team is this uh, this week. We'll find out. Um, anyway, before we do that, though, I am joined by Phil to cover some of the other notable stories from this week. How is it going, Phil? I am much better than last week. Thank you, Nine. You sound much better than last week. <laughs> I feel I feel immensely
2: better. Uh, uh, well, would, would I would not recommend getting COVID. I give it a zero out of ten.
1: <laughs> well, I know uh, I know we all appreciate you uh, taking one for the team and uh, and showing up on the show with COVID, but uh Hey, you got to uh, do A, it. hey,
2: it's baseball. You got to do what you got to
1: do. Yep. Uh all right. Well, speaking of baseball, let's start with let's start with a fully healthy Phil talking about a very healthy Astros lineup. Uh Everybody, the Astros
2: America's favorite team that I'm sure this entire podcast audience is,
1: is, wants absolutely more of, which is more Astros. So what we'll do is we'll get out of the way first, and then we'll uh, we'll move on to things that people maybe care about, uh, like the Cardinals. Um, the Astros tied the MLB record with five homers in one inning off Nathan Yovaldi. Uh, it was, what, Jordan and oh, I had it pulled up a second ago
2: uh Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Yuli Gurriel, Jeremy Peña and Michael Brantley.
1: There we go. Um I you know I'll I'll give I'll give you the floor here. Just uh, uh, go.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> so what was really funny about this game was uh, Nathan Evalde who is gr- who is a great pitcher by the way. Um, oh. started started the first inning with an eight pitch inning. Managed to get through the side in eight pitches. Uh, and then the second inning is when things kind of started to unravel, uh, pretty, pretty considerably. Uh, the Astros were able to bat around, of course, the five home runs, uh, hit were Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Yuli Uriel, Jeremy Pena, and, and, uh, uncle Mike, the professional hitter Brantley. Uh, it was quite an enjoyable game for me. Uh, I, I loved every second of it and, uh, Kyle Tucker got his, I think it was his, his third career grand slam in that game. Uh. Consequently, you know, as I mentioned about uh, Nathan Eovaldi, his next start against the Twins goes six and two thirds, four hits, two runs and 11 Ks. So it was just the Astros who, you know, decided to take him to the woodshed.
1: Um, I mean, he's he's not particularly great, so I think no, uh, no, I would, I,
2: I, he's not winning a Cy Young anytime soon, but uh, I mean, he finished
1: he, fourth in Cy Young voting last year. So that was that was the year for him the, to do it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, he did manage to get his ERA down to below four and a half. So that's that's something um, I think the I think the Astros inflated his ERA. An entire run in that game. Yeah, his
1: ERA was uh 315 going into the game and 432 coming out of it because he went one and two thirds and gave up six earned runs. Yeah and three unearned uh, runs. So
2: that was that was something. Um what's really exciting about that game and and especially for the Astros right now is uh jeremy salsanite pena and if you don't if you want to know the context of that just just you know go on youtube heb makes great commercials uh leading all rookies in home runs and rbis slashing a clean 279 338 508 um i know and and what we're going to talk about you know the we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later but i don't know about you i think as of as of how it stands right now that Jeremy Pena is the presumptive favorite for rookie of the year at this point in the season.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of season to go. So we'll obviously, you know, big, that's, big that's things cool can happen. Right. Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, a rookie who just got called up in a little bit, but right, right, you right. know, we, we, uh, but, but yes, Jeremy, you know, and I remember talking um, before the season started about, about, Pena and him being the sort of the Correa replacement and being like, all right, you know, it's, it's kind of wild that that's what you're kind of expecting. And then he did it, you know? So, like, that's uh, that's uh, egg on my face because I definitely uh, I definitely made fun of you for, for being so high on Jeremy Pena. And uh, Jeremy Pena has shut me up so far.
2: Now, to be fair, now, to be fair, uh, going into this season, I said if Jeremy Pena could have hit 250, 20 home runs, 60 RBIs. I would be ecstatic. I did, I thought that he would be a an on par or a little bit below defensive replacement for Correa. Uh and, and as he was in the minor league, he was a he's a fantastic defender and his offense was was okay. Um definitely blew away my expectations so far. And the the thing to keep in mind too Naim is he he's doing this hitting out of the seven
1: eight nine spot. Yeah,
2: uh, I, I know. I know. I mean, this, I know this you know is, the Astros
1: have have never have not like they are a a terrifying lineup. You know, it's <laughs> it's like it's a bunch of guys who hit really really well and Jose Siri. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, or or you know Chaz McCormick who also has like six or seven home runs and plays. You know, yeah, Jose. If we have to address anything, you know, by the All Star break. It's or the trade deadline. It's, it's got to be you know, the center field position, uh, although Jake Myers is is progressing. We may get to see him play after the All-Star break. Uh, yeah. One thing that if you had asked me 10 years ago to say about the Astros and I would have laughed in your faces. Yes, their their lineup is absolutely terrifying. And I am <laughs> here
1: for it. I am yeah. here for it. Um, all right. Well, let's let's move on. You talked playing about the Astros last week. There's not a whole lot yeah, else to talk about that you didn't already <laughs> cover. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about the the Yankees. Everybody's second favorite team. Uh, the Yankees <laughs> cut uh, third round pick Jake Sanford after he allegedly stole bats and gloves from teammates and tried to sell them online. Uh, and he also allegedly sc- scammed some fans selling autographed equipment and never delivering. Um, such a weird thing to so, to do
2: so the next thing you're gonna tell me is he's gonna star in a zucker brothers movie with leslie nielsen
1: uh about being a police officer right <laughs> yeah right yeah um he, you know like he's not like he is a good enough player that he could reasonably make it to the major i mean you know who knows about now but like he seems like a guy who who based on his stats would have made it to the majors you know maybe not have been like a, a world beater but I mean, potentially even could have been a world beater, but, but, you know, even, even if he wouldn't have been a world beater, a decent major league career, four or five years like that, that's, that can set you for life. Uh, Instead, uh, certainly major delays or, you know, major problems with his, with any future major league, anything. Yeah, I Um, I can't
2: see another major league team taking a shot on him after this.
1: I mean, I could see it, you know, like the Rays like to pick that guys like that up, you know, um, there's, uh, the Rangers, I think have done that, uh, in the past. So I oh, could yeah, certainly,
2: Matt s- and, uh, and Josh Hamilton, of course. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I could certainly see w- I, an organization being like, look, you know, how, how important is makeup? Uh, and, and, you know, and maybe, maybe, yeah, he's probably fine now, you know, like, so he's, he's, uh, immediately picked up by a frontier league team and this is crushing frontier league ball in in four games but he was he was even before that was playing well in uh high a or in so, whatever in a ball
2: such a weird thing to do like
1: it is such a weird game? thing to do such a such a weird weird choice but yeah. I don't know we'll we'll you know, keep an eye out for Jake Sanford, I guess. Uh, I honestly would not be surprised if if one of those you know, the 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 Rays and Rangers in particular, there might be other teams that I that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head that have that have done this kind of thing where they've picked up a guy who, you know, is, is attempting to is... rehab his image. Yeah, well, or is is like washed out of, you know, not picked up by other teams because of makeup concerns. And they're like, you know what, whatever. We don't care about makeup. Let's get a guy. If the guy can hit, the guy can hit. Right. So who knows? We'll see. Um, Went to Dartmouth. (laughs) Um, Speaking of the Yankees, there's not we don't want to talk a whole, whole lot about uh, about this. Um, Oh, sorry. I don't think he went to Dartmouth. He is from Dartmouth. Dartmouth he went to Western Kentucky um uh yeah not a whole lot to say but uh Josh Donaldson there was the the, with Tim Anderson he called Tim Anderson Jackie as sort of a reference to Anderson saying he was the modern day Jackie Robinson uh for the way he plays the game and 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 you know caused a bit of a of a stir uh Donaldson said he apologized, uh, you know, he kind of meant it to be sort of an inside joke. Weird thing to make an inside joke with a person who's not necessarily your friend, but okay. Uh, I thought, I he thought that to- was
2: like the crux of an inside joke is the the two of you had to be inside the joke
1: yeah exactly it's like like uh, you know i can see it's just, so donaldson apologized says he wants to talk to anderson if, if anderson wants to um you know uh, uh aaron boone has specifically said that that donaldson you know didn't mean it in, in that way etc cetera, etc cetera. it's kind of a whole it's, it's a very weird situation uh, for what it's worth Nobody's denying that it happened. Josh Donaldson himself has said he did call Anderson Jackie, and, and he apologized for it pretty quickly uh, once once he realized that Anderson uh, did not take it in a jovial way. Um,
2: so so here's what I'll say about it. Um, I am, uh, I'm not particularly a fan of either of the players. They're both kind of known hotheads. Um... I'm also a, I'm also a white man in America. Therefore, I don't get to I don't get to have an opinion or I don't get to say whether or not Tim Anderson should have been offended by it. That's 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 up to him. In in my opinion, it just seems like both parties are at fault for something. Uh either in either in with with Josh Donaldson you know, saying calling Tim Anderson Jackie, which was completely and wholly inappropriate, but also Jackie and or also Tim Anderson comparing himself to Jackie Robinson in the first place, uh, which is just—it's both parties are just.
0: Uh, yeah, and I can see I
1: can see where you're coming from there. <coughs> On one hand, like the Tim Anderson interview was like three years ago, so True. it's like so it's it's especially when to bring it. up like no, not, three years no. later. No.
2: It's 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 just dumb all around.
1: Anyway, um, Tim Anderson hit a home run about thirty minutes ago. So, uh, a <laughs> three run three run shot and, uh, against Tom the Hall Yankees. Out after that. Uh, yeah. So you know it's uh, uh, Yankees White Sox could be a fun one to watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> they're they're both uh, p- potentially. Uh, uh, Playoff teams. Uh, Yankees Uh, right now lead the East. The White Sox. Sox. White
2: Sox got to, you know, not be 500 to be a playoff team. Yeah, I I think that might be good enough.
1: Yeah, I do think the White Sox will, you know, they they had a lot of injuries and stuff. I think they will bounce up and and overtake the Twins. Uh sorry Lewis, I know you're listening. Um <laughs> but we'll see, you know, they 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 could they still could both. The White Sox are only a game back of the Blue Jays right now for the third wild card spot. So, um uh you know, they 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 could still sneak in without winning the division, but if I were to bet money on it, I would bet the White Sox win that division. Still, gonna, um, they're I'm not gonna, that far back.
2: I'm going to respectfully disagree with you after after having watched the Twins for a series. Uh, yes, their their pitching has been pretty injured. Uh,
1: there's there's some. Hey, Bailey Ober came back today. There's there's
2: some good stuff. I, I like Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan uh, is is pretty exciting. Um they they've got some good stuff working up there in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, no, I,
1: I I I'm not you know not trying to disparage the Twins. I think the Twins do have uh, do a, a well Earth. put together roster. I just I still think the White Sox are better and and have had a lot of injury trouble that that is going to, you know, in theory fix itself soon. Right. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Target uh,
2: good, was beautiful. And the people were fantastic, by the way.
1: And they gave you COVID. And they gave me
2: um, <laughs> despite giving me
1: COVID. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the Cardinals. Let's talk about uh, the Cardinals. So, uh, uh, first of all, Albert Pujols had quite a week. Uh, let's go backward. I'm going to go backwards on Albert Pujols because that way we can, uh, talk about the most interesting thing last. Uh, first of all, he had a multi-home run game, uh, uh, today on Sunday for his 682nd 683rd home runs just a reminder uh, a rod is at 696 so that's that's the number he's trying to crack so he's got uh, 13 more to go to to, uh, tie a rod Uh, that was against the Pirates it is Albert Pujols first multi-home run game for the Cardinals in the regular seasons since I believe September 1st 2011 if he had a multi-home
2: run game against the Pirates shouldn't the home runs count for half (laughs)
1: um uh also had a multi-home run game in the 2011 world series in game three against the rangers so that was the last multi-home run game he had for the cardinals uh between then and now
2: i remember Um, well Uh, i was rooting for the cardinals the entire way
1: (laughs) so was i um uh pujols also stole second base versus the mets this week which was fantastic it's great. It's so good. It's so so. Pujols and Yadi are both. They're very very slow. No one is ever going to dispute that. But they're both really smart base runners. And because they're so slow, you know, defenses generally are not paying that much attention to them at first base. So yeah, they'll just get like. Oh, there's no <laughs> way they're going to attempt to steal. So we don't. They'll get like get halfway through. to second because no one's watching them. So <laughs> um, so that like that's how most of Yachty's steals happen. That's how most. To, you know Pujols steals happen uh it was a two-2 ball game too so it wasn't like defensive indifference it was a tie game like it was a legitimate steal of second base uh very very fun and then finally last Sunday like an hour after you guys stopped recording uh Albert Pujols pitched the ninth inning against the Giants <laughs> uh the Cardinals uh I believe were up what 15 to nothing or 12 to nothing or something like that
2: uh, it was 12 nothing when he took the mound, I believe.
1: Yeah, and then he gave up four home runs, or not four home runs, four runs, two home runs. Um, that was, and then that was something. It was it was quite something, and then today, this morning, in the Sunday morning baseball game, which is. You know, I don't hate the concept of it. I just don't want my team to be in it, you know, um, on only on Peacock. Peacock, feel free to sponsor us. Um,
2: <laughs> At least it wasn't uh, Apple TV because, my God, those broadcasts are a
1: disaster. You know, I don't mind. So, by the Cardinals were on Apple TV on Friday. So.
2: Yeah, as, as, as were we. And uh, I used to love Hunter Pence, and I can't stand him anymore.
1: Yeah, the Apple TV. uh, The Apple TV broadcasters, I think, could use some more seasoning. The Uh, broadcast. I like the. I like the visual language of the broadcast. The score bug is great.
2: The the um, the on base and RBI percentages are fantastic. Like the the broadcast is real. Like visually, is very clean. The team is just abysmally bad.
1: Yeah, they they they've really gotta figure that out. Uh the so the I think today might have been the first or like second or third Peacock game. And it was uh, uh Jason Benetti was was the um play by play and then the it was two color commentators, one from the pirates, one from the Cardinals, which is which is really the way that I think, you know, certainly my friends and I, my friends and I have been calling for for forever is like, please, please just like get a local broadcast, like put some local broadcasters in because that's just, it's just going to be more, you know, get, get a get a national play-by-play it's guy and YouTube, two local color guys. Yeah, it's
2: the same way the YouTube TV games were last year. I remember, uh, I remember catching a couple of the Astros games on YouTube TV and uh, local broadcaster Jeff Blum made an appearance on it and it was, you know, it wasn't as good as listening to TK and Blummer, but it was you know it was fine. It wasn't you know Hunter Pence and right. Katie Nolan.
1: Yeah. Now on on the one downside, the the um, the Cardinals broadcaster for the game was Jim Edmonds, who was my favorite. Jim Edmonds is still my desktop background. Uh, he was my favorite player, not the best broadcaster. No. Um, but no, but was, it was no Adam Wainwright though. So, oh man, I'm that's the thing is, is, I'm very excited for when it's uh Dan McLaughlin and Adam Wainwright for you know something like 100 games in the booth. I know, it's just, we, we, we talked about this so the
2: season last year, uh, how much great. Yeah, how it's much great. I, I, I really really enjoyed listening to Waino call games. Um, uh,
1: I do want to go back to Pujol's pitching because of the Evan Longoria of it all. Yes, yes. Uh,
2: Uh, my my my, and and for context if you're not aware uh my favorite moment of the albert Pujols pitching uh, the inning he pitched was uh evan longoria managed to get a hit off managed to uh, get a hit off of albert Pujols uh single as i as i recall and then immediately called for the ball because obviously if you hit a if you hit a single off of a hall of famer you're gonna want to keep that ball right
1: right exactly yeah
2: um I don't. I don't know what's going on in St. Louis, um, but the the uh, Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, Yadi Molina retirement tour is, has just been fantastic. The only thing that I'm disappointed about uh, with uh, Yadi pitching today was
1: I wasn't Wainwright catching him.
2: You know they're they're the, win- <laughs> they're, the they're the winningest battery. In... yeah so
1: they also they got they became the winningest battery in baseball history this week they're the and i believe they're like top history.
2: why was wayno not catching for him um uh
1: w- but i do believe that when warming up between innings albert was catching for him oh, um, fantastic, like fantastic. obviously andrew kisner was the actual catcher uh but i believe i believe pools was like helped uh Yachty warm up between innings which is just it's ju- it's honestly it's so good it's so so good
2: and that's you know the, the, that's the that's the funny thing is that the cardinals have been they've been absolutely competitive um and you know, it's not like they're a basement dweller in the central. Uh, you know, they're they're what they're leading the NL Central, aren't they?
1: Uh, a couple of games back of the Brewers. A
2: couple of games back of the Brewers, but they're they're getting in these massive lopsided blowout games, and you know, maybe as a maybe uh, maybe as a tip of the cap to to you know, commissioner, you know, and and the. Pitchers are no longer hitting. Well, well, if we're not going to have pitchers hit, then let's have hitters pitch. Let's have hitters
1: pitch. Yeah, we're just, yeah. We're,
2: we're going to make sure that we get as many position players p- pitching as possible. And yeah,
1: who yeah, better so, to do yeah. Because Albert so,
2: Pujols and Yachty Molina.
1: Pujols came in in a in a fifteen to two game. Uh, Molina came in in an eighteen to zero game. Um, and uh, it's just it's so great it's so funny because uh, in the in the Cardinal subreddit somebody was like who's gonna you know when the Cardinals pull out a position player because the 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 Giants already had uh, Luis Gonzalez not that one um, was pitching for the Giants um, uh, and uh, and actually hit, hit one of the home runs off of off of Pujols um, but I was like yeah, that's probably gonna be like Brendan Donovan or Kramer Robinson or whatever and then out comes Albert Pujols and I was like oh oh this is great <laughs>
2: uh, it, it's it I, I think it's gonna go down. In the annals of baseball, right up there with watching Bartolo Colon hit a home run. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, we are all witnesses. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um all right, let's uh let's move on uh to some prospects uh news. Uh the MLB number one prospect, Adley the Flying Rushman, <laughs> uh, was called up by the Orioles. I love that. <laughs>
2: We're, uh, we're gonna make that uh, Phil made me I'm... say that.
1: Listen, I'm not against making it happen. Uh, I'm happy to make it happen. Everybody, please start calling Adley the Flying Rutchman from now on. We made the weatherman happen. You know, we can make this happen too. <laughs>
2: Adley the Flying Rutchman. It's just it, Adley the it, Flying Rutchman. It fits. Ruchman. It's just so good.
1: It's right there. Uh, quickly coming from from high A to double A to triple A uh, this year with a 309-427-515 triple slash line with three homers as a catcher. He tripled for his first career MLB hit in his first game. Uh, two other Orioles who tripled for their first career MLB hit uh, were Matt Wieters and Manny Machado. Have
2: a so, day, young man. Have a day.
1: Um, Wieters uh, was, of course, the last highly touted uh, Orioles prospect. Technically, Technically, Matt Weiders is still a free agent, so I think it would be very cool for the Orioles to sign Matt Weiders to back up Adley Rutschman. That would be super dope, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, number two, Spencer Torkelson has been struggling with the Tigers this year. Number three... Uh, Riley Green has an OPS of 954 for the Tigers Triple A Toledo Mud Hens. Cardinals, by the way, also promoted number 29 uh, prospect uh, Nolan Gorman and number 39 prospect Matthew Libertor. Uh, another cool story: Gorman and Libertor like grew up together. They're like they're, best they're friends, ps- right? They were best friends. Uh Libertor got traded to the Cardinals in the Randy Rosa Reina trade. Uh so it's super cool. They got to get called up on the same day. Libertor didn't pitch on Friday, he pitched on Saturday, but Gorman got his start on Friday and uh and has been tearing it up right away. Like he's he's been doing really, really well. So There's um, so many field you good know.
2: stories coming out of St. Louis right now. That's that's gotta be awesome for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm certainly hoping that, uh, that, you know, these guys stay up for, for the rest of the season and, uh, and their whole careers to come. We'll, uh, we'll be excited. But, but as far as, uh, Rushman goes, like, yeah, that's, you know, by the way, this leaves O'Neal Cruz this, as the last, uh, the last highly touted guy who's just, uh, the last main just hanging out in, uh, triple A. Just waiting and triple I mean him and, and Riley Green as well, but um yeah, just uh just sitting around waiting to uh, to get that call up I'm like, hey guys, I'm here. Uh, I, I got to watch uh, Rodolfo Castro this week play against the Cardinals, uh, who is the the starting shortstop for the uh, the Pirates. Uh, not good. he's not good <laughs> So you know. We'll 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 see. We'll we'll keep that O'Neill Cruz uh, news coming at you. Hopefully, hopefully. Listen, I I'm wondering if because you know Adley came up, Gorman came up, Libertor came up. This seems like right around the time now for for teams to to call up the players who they may or may not be manipulating service time for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as as as, but the service time, you know that 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 manipulation has changed. Right, the rules for that have changed. So you know, I w- I w- who knows? I wish
2: those rules would have changed when. Uh... And George Springer was still with us because uh was thoroughly upset at how his service time was manipulated. And, well, now he's a Blue Jay, so there's that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, hey, Trevor's story is finally heating up. Had a really, really bad April and uh, not great early May, but he's raised the season OPS from 561 to 728 this week. No. He had three home runs in a game. He had a grand slam. He's just crushing it.
2: There was there was a lot of discussion uh, in our community, especially through April and the beginning of May, on how uh, you know missed out on, on Carlos Correa uh, signing with the Twins, and then the the organizational plan was okay. Well, we're going to go roll with Jeremy Pena. Well, a, a lot of us Astros fans were going, no, 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 no. Go get Trevor Story. Please go get Trevor Story. And then uh, for all of April, we we're like, whoo! Good thing we avoided. Uh, signing Trevor story, but yeah, he's uh he looks like he, you No, know, he, he had a pretty good series against us and then just completely started tearing the cover off the ball. So uh,
1: yeah, good, good I job. will say the other, it was, it was similar amongst Cardinals fans, not, not as much on the subreddit, but a lot more on Twitter. People really, really wanted the Cardinals to go out and, and sign a shortstop, either Trevor story or, or Correa, um, or, you know, or one of the other, one of the other, uh, couple of big names. Um, you know, personally, I I also you know if you, if you have Pena waiting in the wings, not that you expect Pena to be as good as he is, right? But you have a guy like that waiting in the wings who you expect to be the guy of the future. You don't want to necessarily pay uh hundred and thirty million dollars over five years or whatever Story is getting to 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 block that guy and and pay for the privilege of watching Trevor Story decline. Now I'm I like Trevor Story. I'm glad he's been good so far. Cardinals similarly had that issue with Paul DeYoung, but. Nolan Gorman plays second base. He shifts Edmund over to shortstop. You know, do you really want your team to pay money now for in five or six years or three or four years even to watch the guy decline? Now, oh, as, been the doing Rangers, well?
2: as the Rangers did with Marcus Simeon.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and and, and Simeon has had a, a very, very rough start to the season. Yes, he's been um, abysmal. Yeah, yeah, Sim- similar to what Story had, um, but uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll see how how Samian picks it up as well. But Story has been picking it up, so uh, uh, I know a, a friend of the show, Dr. Tyler Birch, was very very happy <laughs> about Story picking it up. Um, uh, uh, certainly took his head out of that oven. So uh, that's basically all he ever posts in our in our sports channel now. In Slack is just like. Red Sox good. Red Sox bad. This is not going well, you guys.
2: (laughs) Not been a, not been a, an award-winning season for Red Sox nation this year so
1: far. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, gosh, I remember if it was, it was a couple weeks ago where we mentioned, or or, no, you know, it wasn't even on the show. I was just talking to some friends about it. It's like the Red Sox clearly are not a sub 500 team. They're definitely not a sub uh, Orioles team. Like they were a week ago. Um, how and I think they'll pick it up and I think they will will have a a decent season but in a division like the AL East where you have three teams that are likely going to the playoffs and potentially could have been going to the playoffs under the previous system um without the third wild card it's you know an early season skid is go is definitely a much tougher thing to climb than it is for, say, the White Sox, like I mentioned earlier, right? You can have a little bit of an early season skid, but you only have the Twins to contend with, oh, yeah. whereas the Red Sox have the Blue Jays, the Rays, and right. the Yankees to contend with. It's a much tougher ask. And
2: credit to the Red Sox for taking two out of three against the Red Hot Astros, too. I mean, oh. yeah. it was a team that had won, what, 15 of their last 17 and then went into Boston and Boston handled them pretty well, other than the uh, other than that game against Nathan Ivaldi.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about batting average, league batting average. We've, we've been following this throughout the season so far. Um, the league batting average so far in May uh, is 241 with an OPS of 701, which is up from 231 and 676 in April. Last May's was 239. It's not the worst um, in baseball so- history anymore. Well, so, yeah, and, and, you know, I think I think even last in April we were we were looking at it too soon because it is like it's one of those things where, hey, you're looking at a month versus a whole season. Right, right, right. You know, um so uh, some allege the balls have been juiced again. Others say it's this is just a predictable result of the humidor as the balls were kept warmer and they had more drag in April. As the humidity goes up in May, the balls are closer to the game environment. It starts to match how it's supposed to be. Others say that teams are just making adjustments now that, uh, now that they are, understand how the launch angles and stuff work with the balls. They've, they're able to make the adjustment over the month. Um, Twins broadcast apparently talked about how the team is working to lower launch angles for less pop-ups and more line drives that fall for hits. And Dodgers had Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie, and Gavin Lux practicing bunting this week. Oh, I don't know, so, I don't know if,
2: if, if Cody Bellinger practicing bunting had to do with juice balls as, as much as it did as the man needs to get on base
1: uh yeah 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 for sure <laughs> um, uh so i don't know i i i i think again we'll, we'll see we'll see it i'm i would be surprised if they juiced the balls after only a month of baseball you, Um I, th- rumors, I think it's more likely just a predictable result of the hear humor. any
2: of the rumors that uh this, this is twitter rumor so of course take it with a grain of salt and a you know a shot of alcohol but um that the, the National League was the recipient of the juiced balls and the American League was getting the more deadened balls. That, that, that was that was quite the, con- the the baseball conspiracy theory for
1: a couple of weeks. Mm, yeah. I, I, I don't know that I buy that uh, for a second. <laughs> so,
2: what, so, so what do you so what do you think is the most likely most explainable reason that batting average and OPS has gone up? Because in my opinion, I, uh, I think I, it's just adjustments.
1: I think I think adjustments are definitely part of it but I think the biggest thing is that just like it was a cold April you know like it was a particularly cold april and and may has gotten quickly very warm like i speaking from chicago um uh like where it was like four like it snowed in april and it was like 85 degrees last week so i think it's just i think it's just the weather has picked up and matched you know like 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 i mentioned matched the the humidity and, and the expectation of, of where the ball is supposed to be and it's picked up you know the, the players didn't really have a spring training so they they had like a little bit less of that as well well uh or a shortened spring training at least so i yeah i think it's just i think it's just they the the as normal right you expect batting average to go up in may from april and and up further in june so i think it's you know i think it's just w- what was expected i'm not a fan of the humidor ball <laughs> i think i think i'd rather just have the juiced ball in the first place I agree. um but but i think uh you know i think I think it's. Th- I I was expecting this to happen a month ago. I, I I'm not sure if I said it on the show. I feel like I did say it on the show. You can go back and listen. Uh, I'm I'm guessing I did. Uh, that I think as the weather heats up, the balls are going to carry more, and we're going to see more standard offense like we're used to. And that's what's happening. I'm going to offer. I'm going to so. offer
2: a counterpoint as a uh, as a as a as a Texan uh, where it's you know 85 to 95 degrees year round. I buy into the weather a bit less uh although because if if you track if you track Houston's batting average on base percentage and slugging uh it has improved over the last couple of weeks, I think that tends to lend more towards the
3: uh
2: adjusting to, to the new dead and ball if that were the case um they're also, but then again they're hitting better on the road i i, I don't i don't know uh, the, the weather isn't as big of a factor down in the south because the weather's a lot more consistent sure. i do buy in you know there, there was a couple of twins fans that were saying it's a good thing you didn't come a week before because it was snowing, and I was like, "It's May. How does it snow anywhere in May?" And more importantly, <laughs> what the hell you, is snow? You grew up in Detroit, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's part of the joke, Nine. That's part of the joke. <laughs> yes, I'm from Detroit. I remember snow, but you forget. I've lived in Texas now for uh, almost 25 years.
1: Yeah. Um yeah i don't know i i, I will i feel like we, we'll definitely it's going to be a topic over of discussion uh, throughout
2: the entire season
1: <laughs> yeah 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 exactly uh, throughout the entire season and there'll be some some postmortems as well i'm sure. so I'm sure. um i'm trying to see the uh yeah i mean you know the manager. astros want, are hitting we want 227 at home and 234 away so and they have a 380 slugging at home 430 away right. so i don't know how meaningful that is um yeah, apparently I
2: don't know. we've taken the trash cans on the road this season.
1: There we go. Um, hey, speaking of the the Dodgers, like we were earlier with Bellinger, Muncy, Gavin Lux, uh, they had their first doubleheader this week since 1999 and first split doubleheader in the 60 year history of Dodger Stadium. So that's neat.
2: Uh, that's that's the, the the squished down season for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like doublehead. I'm I'm so happy to see doubleheader. First of all, nine-inning doubleheaders, um, as, but just like, I don't know. As someone who attended
2: a partial doubleheader, uh, I quite enjoyed it as well. Uh, other than the fact that I was at the stadium, I was at Target Field from 11 a.m. till about 7 p.m., and I was pretty worn out by the end of it, but it was, it was awesome to watch doubleheader baseball, especially in person
1: uh yeah yeah I, and a lot of the doubleheaders this year are also like you know single ticket admission which is dope it's dope it's great great it's great it's awesome for baseball. um for baseball for for fans for everything it's great love it love uh love doubleheader baseball uh last thing to mention uh uh you know Maz Martin and <laughs> any any um, other Mets fan that may be listening. This is uh, this is the time to take your earbuds out for a minute. Um, Max Scherzer had an oblique injury is out for six to eight weeks. Uh, just just rough times in New York. They're I mean, they've had a great start to the season, you know, uh, behind I think the Yankees they have the second best record in baseball. Uh that's looks right. Or maybe they might been by behind they might be behind the Dodgers as well, because they have two more losses than the Dodgers, but only one more win. Um But uh, you know, they've already lost DeGrom for a good chunk of time. Now lose Scherzer for six to eight weeks. Um you know, I I, I don't know what the Mets rotation looks like. Um they have been really good, you know. It's one of those things where like they've been like surprisingly good. Um, even uh, like I think uh, earlier in this uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, we were even talking about like, well, oh, not having who, a bad who, season, no, oh, yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think with Shane, I was talking about who like who goes down or who you know when um, when DeGrom eventually comes back, and we were saying it's Tywin Walker, but now Tywin Walker's got a 3.52 ERA, karas got a 3.50 ERA, uh, Bassett's got, I think Walker even reduced his to seven, um, with today's start, yeah, uh. uh uh, yeah, seven innings, no runs. So like, they've got a you know Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco, Tywin Walker, um, uh, Trevor Williams, I guess, is slots into that spot. Like, I don't know, Tyler McGill's injured, Max Scherzer's injured, and uh, Jacob Degrom's injured. Oh, I guess they Tyler called McGill's David Peterson back is, up. Is, uh,
2: is taking catch as of today, so he looks like he might be on track to come back pretty soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he'll be back. I mean, we you know we 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 knew he'd be back. It's just. Not uh, not great to be in the in the Mets rotation this year or ever, oh, yeah. I guess.
2: Yeah, or or Jake DeGrom.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, it's just it's rough. <laughs> Every everyone wants to watch Jacob DeGrom pitch. Uh, uh, certainly, nobody more than Jacob DeGrom right. does. Um, but uh, yeah, dude just can't stay on the field. I, I
2: mean, imagine imagine having Max Scherzer, who is probably you know. He's he's got a few more years left in him, obviously, but, you know, after that hellacious campaign with the Dodgers, and then, you know, arguably the best pitcher in baseball, Jake DeGrom, and you have, as a Mets fan, going into the season, you have to be thinking, "It's, it's us in the National League, it has to be, and then to lose both of those guys is just rough.
1: Uh, according to MLB trade rumors, the Mets have had scouts watching Frankie Montes of uh, of the A's and Tyler Maley of the Reds. That, I think that's, that's to potentially. Much, yeah, that's
2: a foregone conclusion. I I don't I don't I'm surprised Frankie Montas is still an A at this point.
1: I mean, um yeah, and Tyler Maley on the Reds too and and uh, uh I think Luis Castillo as well. Like it's uh I certainly wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys gets traded and especially with the the woes the Mets have had so far. Um yeah,
2: definitely being associated with those guys yeah for sure i believe it yeah
1: um all right well i think that's gonna do it for the news uh hey phil thanks so much for joining hey, thanks for having me uh i'm i'm glad i was you know i'm
2: i'm not completely 100 percent, but I'm, I'm glad to be back and a little bit more animated than i was last week uh i'm Pretty sure, I sounded like a walking corpse. Uh, on last, uh, podcast,
1: so. <laughs> you, you certainly, I certainly could tell you were sick when I was editing last week's episode. I was like, oh yeah. man, Phil does not sound good. I hope he's, I hope he gets over this soon. Um, but uh, but uh, you're, you're back to your, your full energy self this week. You know, it's so great. We spent, we do, you and I did so many of the episodes when there was like in the lockout episodes. Um, when there was nothing when we talked about Mortal Kombat for 20 minutes, it's so great to like have baseball to talk about with you. <laughs> like so, so many of those Lockout episodes were just, it's Nyman and Phil this week and uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Mandalorian last week? <laughs> yeah, there it was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. It's, it's really great to be talking about baseball with you, That's feel? great.
2: Uh, I, I mean, I enjoy talking to you anyway, but the fact that we get to talk about baseball for 45 minutes just is icing on the cake. I love it.
1: It's a win win win. Um, All right, well, we're going to kick it now to Lewis talking to Brewers Mod, the bum on the bus, uh, about the Brewers and the NL Central. Uh, So stay tuned for that.
0: Welcome back everyone, Lewis here and I am excited to have Brewers Mod, The Bum on the Bus, also known as Kevin. We'll just call him that because calling him The Bum um, feels a little insulting, (laughs) Uh, but Kevin, how are you doing tonight?
3: I'm doing wonderful, Lewis. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. uh, It's been a heck of a Sunday and I'm ready to talk about some baseball.
0: Yes, so the Brewers are obviously off to a very, very good start for the season here. Um, But just some quick background. So how long have you been around the Brewers subreddit and been a Brewers fan?
3: So I've been an active member of the Brewers Reddit community for the past eight years um, and was fortunate enough to be uh, asked to be a moderator in 2019. Um, I've been a Brewers fan my entire life, uh, roughly 34-ish years. My parents have infant pictures of me with the old ball and glove logo, baby's (laughs) battered helmet coming. So I grew up in Northern Wisconsin. I went to school up in Upper Peninsula of Michigan and uh, moved to Milwaukee soon after graduating. And I've been here since 2015. So fierce loyalty. Where'd you go in the UP? I went to school at Northern Michigan University Uh, in uh, Marquette. I'm
0: supposed to hate you. Uh, I'm taking grad classes through Michigan Tech. You are, um, yeah, you're, never, you're a dirty never husky, there, but uh, I'm told to hate you guys.
3: So, absolutely, the fierce uh, rivalry between so, uh, Michigan. Get test off companies. my
0: podcast! I don't know. Uh, small world, but, right? Uh, yeah, that's
3: a little, little bit
0: about me. Well, I, I, I have to admit, I did spend uh, a few of my high school years in Wisconsin, and so I have many fond memories of getting home from baseball practice and falling asleep. Um, after Bob Euchre lulled me off describing West Coast games. Oh, and man. so uh, I have a very, very soft spot for the the Brewers in my heart, um, unlike most Wisconsin teams, which I have nothing but a, a burning <laughs> hatred for as a true Minnesotan. But the Brewers, this is, this is the beauty of baseball. Yeah. Wisconsinites and Minnesotans can generally agree Uh, everyone i've talked to there's like no animosity there it's none
3: i love the twins they're a great organization target field you know say what you will about it get a roof but it uh, is okay you know (laughs) you know
0: uh, i i will say nothing quite beats uh the tailgate experience at the Ampham clam uh one of a kind love tailgating down there It's
3: uh, one of those things where if you have never experienced it for our listeners, please, please, please get yourself to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, come tailgate, grab yourself a brat. It's one of the greatest experiences you ever have in your entire life. Seriously. It's
0: like a, it's like a college football tailgate. And so, uh, it kind of makes up for the fact that the aesthetic around the ballpark is well, parking lot. Um, but the tailgating makes up for it in my opinion. So, all right, uh, enough about that. Let's get to what we are here (laughs) to talk about here. Um, Brewers off to a very good start. So um, first thing most people think of when they think of the Brewers, you've got a few recognizable names, you know, position player wise, rotation wise and bullpen wise. I mean, you've got Christian Yelich, former MVP, Corbin Burns, uh, Cy Young winner and Josh Hader, who is possibly the greatest reliever in baseball right now. Um, How have their starts to the season been here as we've uh, watched the Brew Crew get off to a good start?
3: I'm glad you mentioned those awards right off the bat, because that's exactly why those names are so recognizable to all of the fans that are not uh, Brewers fans, especially the Josh Hader. one. that's three NL reliever of the year awards in such a short amount of time. And even this year, he's breaking records with, you know, he's 13, you know, save opportunities in a row converted. And then he's now 15 for 15. And um, I guess we can start talking about him because he's, he's the, he's the ace man. He's the guy that you want out there with a one run game on the line. And he's going to, you know, punch him. Sixty-two strikeouts so far in the year is is ridiculous pace. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, best reliever in all of baseball, and the confidence level of Brewers fans when he goes out on the mound is is unprecedented. When he steps out there, we have every confidence in the world that he's going to blow it right past him, and we're going to be uh, looking at a W at the other end. So, um, but the other people that you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously you've got Yelich, who uh, we can't really quite figure out what we feel about him because he's not terrible i mean he's batting over the mendoza line he's he's hitting for some power with five homers and 20 rbis he's still a you know a, a leader in the clubhouse and generally has the fan base behind him but with a uh, contract north of 200 million dollars yeah. and the uh, spectrum of 2018 2019 Yelich seeming farther and farther away it does leave a lot of fans kind of questioning whether or not we'll see a return to that power form or if he'll settle into more of the player that he profiled at coming out of Miami which is more of that contact hitter that mm-hmm. get on base steal uh, uses speed um, and i could see it either way i'd be completely fine uh, i'm supportive of him regardless of what happens and i'm excited to see where that goes and then of course the last guy is Corbin Burns which You know, it's early at last year, we talked about the fact that he didn't walk a batter until Mm -hmm. mid-May, which was the biggest thing. And then he continued on the rest of his season. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of run support this year, so he's only one and two, but he is supporting a sub three ERA and his strike up numbers are up. So uh, I think he's still slotted as our number one rotational guy. And I think all three of those guys are going to be absolutely critical into the continuation of the success of this team, not just in May, but when we're looking at September as well. And hopefully October.
0: Hopefully. I mean, you you know, you mentioned Yelich kind of what's he going to profile as. I mean, I'm assuming they talked about it in the intro here uh, for listeners a few minutes ago, but like uh, the Dodgers had half their players practicing bunts this week and uh, the Twins uh, announcers have been talking about how all the Twins players have been trying to lower their launch angle, let go less shoot for the home runs um just because this dead ball has yeah. has made it so hard so exactly. i mean if for someone who had success with that profile um maybe the dead ball's not a bad thing to to just kind of get him in that um but man you you talk about hater it is amazing to me that a brewers team that has a rotation that good um that it's still a reliever that is the first name that comes to mind when most people think of the brewers. Um, and and that's just simply amazing. Okay. So those three, you talked about them. Um, what else has been going right for the brewers so far this season? Who else has kind of been carrying this team, um, as, uh, you know, Hater can only save the game if you have a lead to begin with. So, <laughs> right. Um, you know, winning close games
3: and beating the teams that we're supposed to beat are the first two things that has been going right. Um, you know, we've only played five teams that are above 500 right now. And with the 26 and 15 record, that's a lot of games against scrub teams like the Reds and some other basement dwellers. Um, but the moment I mention them, people will pull up the scoreboard and saw right. that we'd lost eight to two to the nationals today. Well, but, you know, <laughs> you know, my point being is that there are a couple other individuals that we should talk about, but the Brewers as a whole are, are competing and playing well as a unit. Um, but someone to specifically shout out is Rowdy Um, He's getting a lot of uh, playing time at first base where he was mostly a platoon guy coming in. Um, he never really got the chance in Toronto sitting behind Vlad Jr. Um, and I really think that with every single opportunity, he's just showing that he's going to be our everyday first baseman and it makes a lot of Brewers fans really happy because we have a soft spot for the big tubby first baseman ever since <laughs> Prince Fielder. Um, so I think that's been uh, awesome. The chance of, rowdy every time, chance of Rowdy every time he comes up has just been really encouraging. And I'm excited to see what happens. And then, of course, the key acquisitions of Hunter Renfro and Andrew McCutcheon, both of those guys have been playing well. Um, they've been hitting for power. Uh, Kutch's net leadoff role has been nothing but stellar. If he wouldn't have taken off that week from COVID, his numbers would be even better than where he's at right now. So um, I think all of those factors are moving. And then of course the momentum, you know, you win some games, you're feeling good about it and then you keep it going.
0: I I mean, the legend of Rowdy Telez, I, I feel like every time I turn on the Brewers, um, he's hitting a two run home run and it, it's ridiculous. And I mean, um, I I know the Brewers are not the NL Central team that everyone was hoping that McClutchin would come back to. Um, He's kind of made that a, a theme, you know, Oh, Kutch is coming back to Pennsylvania. Oh, yay. No, no, no. To the uh, Phillies. Uh, oh, he's going back to the NL Central. Oh, no, no, no. To the Brewers. Uh, but uh, I, I still wear my uh, Andrew McCutcheon Pirates jersey with some pride that uh, Naim gave me uh, a number of years ago. And yeah. uh, it's amazing what he's doing. I feel like he's turned things. He, he's figured something out. Yeah. Um, I don't know he what talks it about is. about it.
3: He talks about the comfortability of being back in the division. Um, even if something as small as his locker is in the same position that his locker was when he was in the pirates, right next to the, like the restroom, right on the inside, just the huh. little things he feels at home playing at AmFam. Uh, he just loves, he's a clubhouse guy. He's a leader naturally. And I think those are all clicking for him in the right spot.
0: All right. So that's, what's been going well. Um, what do you see as some of the weaknesses that the, the team has right now? And do you see any plans to address them anytime soon? So I guess it really
3: depends on who you ask. Uh, the majority of Brewer fans will always mention the need for more offense. they will talk about, you know, not having that bat, that difference-making bat, especially when you look up against the Cardinals lineup, for example, mm-hmm. which is nothing but all-stars and powers in left and right. Me personally, I think that we need another long bullpen arm to help kind of bridge that gap between our stellar rotation and our stellar um bullpen um every once in a while you'll have a blow-up game or, or an injury like we just had with with freddie where you need all of a sudden that fireman to come in and get three four or five innings whatever it may be we do have an aaron ashby in that role but i think that the brewers need to look for that that kind of closed down lockdown mm-hmm. fireman role to kind of push that out um, other than that i think we just need to continue to move with the guys that we have and we'll see what happens
0: I have to ask, how has Hira been doing? I I know he he was he burst onto the scene a couple of years ago. Everyone was so excited, and then he he kind of had uh, some struggles. And, uh, it, it kind of got to the point where, well, shoot now, now what do we do with him here?
3: Right. So he started out the season uh, on the big league roster. He's the opening day roster. He was there. He got sent down. Uh, I want to say a week ago, uh, okay. but then the injury of Willie Adamas, uh, he got brought back up cause he can play back up second and he can play back up first. So he allows, and of course, within his second day of being back, he hit a walk-off two run bomb and won <laughs> us a game and then had two more RBIs yesterday sitting for contact. And it's you, the fans are so volatile. They'll go why is this guy in the lineup he's striking out everything he moves slash why isn't he in the lineup he's a power bat that we need and I'm the same way. I'm frustrated because there's not a natural spot for him. He's got to play behind Wong in his natural position at second. He can't play first because Rowdy's there. He does not have a spot in the DH really because you're already rotating in four different guys in the outfield. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have a spot. So then it turns into, do we trade him? Do we keep playing him? Is he only get better with constant at-bats? I could go on and on and on. But he's a conundrum. He's a question. And he leaves a lot of Brewers fans going,
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, trade deadline. Uh, do the Brewers yeah. have pieces to, to make some moves or are, is it is it going to be one of those we might need to take on a uh, Albatross contract in order to get some help here?
3: And the only two names that really are big league ready that are up and that could help a team right now are uh, Hira. And then people talk about Hader because he's still under a team-friendly deal. And God, the products are the package that we could get for that guy. But it's it, why would you even say that? Like, to even right. say that is heresy at that point because you don't want to ever get rid of that guy. Uh, we don't have a strong enough minor league system right now to make any real big packages, I think. Um, I think that when you're sitting at where you are right now in the records and having, like we talked about, the rotation and the bullpen, I don't think the Brewers need to go crazy. I certainly don't think they need to make a splash move, nor do they need to go out and trade their all-star closer.
0: Okay. All right. So, you know, you mentioned the Cardinals and their their lineup. Um, you got a big yeah. series coming up with them uh, again this, this coming week here, uh, later in the week. Um, oh, for a lot of people, uh, that's a matchup that, hey, I might not normally follow NL Central baseball, but top two teams in the division, I'm tuning in for that. Um, what's something for neutral fans to be watching for in that series?
3: Well, not only is it top two teams in the Central Division, but it's the only two viable teams (laughs) in the entire NL Central. So that should give fans something to tune in anyway, because this is going to be a battle that's not going to just last through May, but every single month of the entire season, especially when it comes down to September, when we're playing all those divisional games, this is going to be the matchup that people need to watch unfortunately we did have a pretty huge setback uh willie peralta uh, or freddie peralta willie peralta is an old brewers pitcher freddie <laughs> peralta uh just landed on the il with shoulder tightness and he'll be getting an mri this week which leaves our rotation for that series in major questions because burns is going to pitch in san diego in this upcoming series and it leaves a lot of tbds on all of those games so unfortunately there's not a lot to look forward to from those kind of matchups um, but the brewers know that this is a huge opportunity for them to prove that they can hang with not just the big dogs, but that they're relevant against teams that are not reds or not below 500. We're off to literally the best start in franchise history. If you look at it from a metric standpoint, this season is now I won't say is the season, but our team knows where we are and what's at stake, especially, you know, going on the road at Bush against these guys. Um, I think that in general, we're going to be looking at an opportunity for uh, the Cardinals are looking at this the same way we are, right? They're only mm-hmm. what three, three and a half or four games back in the series or in the division right now. So to take that high-powered offense against our pitching, they have a plus-five run differential for the season so far. 45, I think I said that right. Point being is everyone needs to be looking for a critical matchup that's uh, going to hopefully answer a lot more questions.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, only only two teams – Um, Right now. And as you mentioned earlier, um, really not much coming in the pipeline for the brewers. Um, So not to say the window is is closing, but the window Mm. is now there's not much. um, There's not much in the way of, well, if we, we got We can wait till next year. Um, mm-hmm. You, you kind of got to put the, the foot to the gas here. So 100%. What, what is kind of the feeling around the Brewers subreddit about this team? I mean, I know you mentioned uh, best team by metrics and franchise history, start wise. Uh, if I go over to the Brewers subreddit, am I going to feel that way right now?
3: Um, I think you will honestly. um, Yeah. We'd had a, a loss here today, but we've played well um, as of late. Um, we're seeing a lot of the positive things that we need in seven, six run games, our offense is coming to light when they need to. Um, I think that in general, we're excited by the starts that we already talked about from Hayter and Burns and, um, maybe not so much Yelich, but the rowdy situation for sure. I think that the new acquisitions are playing well. Um, you still have some anti, uh Owner sentiment of not spending enough money, but I think you see that in a lot of baseball teams. I don't think it's uh, yeah. unique to the Brewers by any stretch of the imagination. I
0: think the Yankees. I think maybe the Mets and Dodgers are the only right. two teams right now who who don't have that complaint.
3: Yeah. Um, so I would say that. Anytime you're in first place, the subreddit's going to be in a happy happy case, uh, period. Uh, anytime the Cubs are below 500, the subreddit's going to be <laughs> in a happy place. Um, and I think right now, we just, we're feeling good. The conversations are great. Everyone's kind of getting behind them. They understand when we struggle, why we struggle. And that's usually because we can't find our bats at the right time. And we're all on this train 100% because the last time we were this good was when we broke the, or 2008, when we got back into the playoffs for the first time in decades so yeah. <laughs> it's only may it's only may 22nd <laughs> only may 22nd uh,
0: so uh you know that's a good feeling around there uh if a neutral fan went over to the Brewers subreddit is there anything you just want them to know for context um, in case they run into any sort of memes or copy pastas that might give them pause if they didn't know <laughs> what what was going on
3: Sure. So, so recently um, we've had a lot of home brewers coming over to our subreddit and posting random questions about their, their, their brews, whether it's the right yeast content or whether it's <laughs> something completely off of the norm and our users love it. It's one of the most upvoted posts ever when someone mistakenly comes to our subreddit and asks a question, because usually in Wisconsin, a lot of the people on there have the information that the person is right. looking for, um, which is awesome. Every once in a while, you'll see uh, what we call the Celine Dion moment of the game, which actually happened when we had a Dodger fan get traded over in the subreddit uh trade deadline game i think three years ago and he made those for the big games and it's just a highlight of the titanic song mm-hmm. uh seemingly you know singing it as it's you know home run or whatever but other than that we're pretty straightforward i'm just kind of looking over the front page right now and it's uh tribute to bob Euchre because like we mentioned oh, earlier i mean holy cow like that guy is how he's he's 80 i think he's what is he oh i don't even know how old he is i think he's 88 i think this sounds right but
0: um, yeah. So, speak, speaking of Euchre, I, I just yeah. I, I know for for cool. any listeners out there who have not listened yeah, to Bob H- Euchre H- call a baseball game, um, cool. he he doesn't have many more seasons left he of doesn't. calling baseball. Um, yep. So you should make an effort to. What games is he going to be calling on the radio this year? Do you he'll have? He will be seven? calling.
3: Yeah, he'll be calling all of the home games um, okay. unless any other reason. But he won't be on the road. So if you see the Brewers are at home, turn on in uh, to AM six twenty or uh, the MLB app audio and listen to Bob Uger, Like yeah. like Lewis is saying, he's a national treasure. Um, he's eighty eight years old and he's still sharp as attack. He's still calling the games. He's still seeing the homers correctly. I mean, I will mute our wonderful TV broadcast announcers just to listen to bob
0: and you guys it's... have you are spoiled with announcers yes. oh, uh absolutely. you have great, you've got a great tv crew too you know, um,
3: brian anderson is nationally recognized does all the nba games and works for tnt and he'll be doing about 50 tv games for us but um it's great it's great yeah, i was spoiled. i was
0: hoping that if buck is no longer with fox that somehow uh fox could get brian anderson to uh yeah. call the world series but it doesn't oh, sound man. like it i mean he's nah. kind of employed by a Rival network. So, oh uh, boy, I uh, that, guess right. that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn
3: networks.
0: Oh man, I hate those I know, guys. Right? Uh, I know. All right, so, so that's going on at the sub. Um, I guess just you know, we talked about it's just kind of you and the Cardinals. Uh, how do you see this division kind of shaking out the rest of the year? What, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, I guess the wild card race as well, um, in right. the NL. So
3: I think that if the Brewers starters can stay healthy and consistent, I think that we're going to maintain a slim margin throughout the rest of the year, just based on being able to win every two or third games on our rotation and getting Hayden an opportunity there. Um, I think the bats continue to warm up and continue to get better. I do think that the Cardinals do not have the strength that we do have in pitching and the batting is not going to continue to save them, so to speak. Um, I think that we had already mentioned that this is going to be a two-team battle for the most part, but I think that the wild card could have some relevance. It's not coming out of the NL Central, I can tell you that, Um, but we'll wait and see. We we mentioned it's early in May, um, but I'm encouraged. I'm buoyed by what we have right now, and I'm really looking forward to this uh, Cardinal series on the road because that's going to say a lot about what we have, um, what we can hang with.
0: All right. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for sitting down with me and talking about the Brewers and their upcoming uh, matchups with the Cardinals. Any other just thoughts you have on uh, baseball in general before we uh, let you go here?
3: Oh, man, you're opening a Pandora's box. Oh, if you want to I get to did.
0: That. I am uh, more than welcome to adding some um, more content um, to the very end of this episode because, uh, you know, it's a podcast. People, it's usually, podcast. people usually are done halfway through anyways. So this is, uh, this is has been been
3: Right. <laughs> so this year we've got the, the universal DH, which has been a huge thing for NL teams in general. We've certainly seen it um, on our end of things where, you know, you, you've got guys that you can put in the lineup that you normally know have. We mentioned the dead ball era and how frustrating that is. I mean, literally we're watching balls that we, we've watched enough baseball in our life that we hear a ball hit. It's gone. Right. 90% of the time this year, Hell no! They're crunching into it, and it's just like, oh, it's it's the same thing with those.
0: I was complaining uh, about this a couple episodes ago about with the with the shift too. Now I've got I've got balls that my entire life I see the ball come up like launched right by the pitcher. I'm like, easy single. Nope, there's someone there. Ball crushed. Oh, that's out of here. Nope. Only at the short porch or the pesky pole. Uh. <laughs>
3: yeah. and, now, and now you're going to have teams continuing to change their outfields and things to adjust to right. those as well. You know, Baltimore Orioles and shortening or lengthening their left field and just in general. And that's never what you want to see. And um, I really hope major league baseball can figure out what's going on. Cause fans are not happy in general right now, coming off of the backs of that lovely lockout that we had, yes. forcing all of us to have ridiculous scheduling
0: yes I, just I, I was gonna say i feel like i remember you guys it, it already happened didn't you guys have a random one game, one series? game series Where wh- one what game was series
3: that? san francisco so originally it was san francisco was supposed to be the opener i think it was the opening or oh, the twins the opening series the san francisco is supposed to be at home uh that didn't happen so they split up uh i think it's gonna be a double header we'll have an actual double header in milwaukee for the first time in Several decades, I think, <laughs> true doubleheader. Um, looking forward to that. But yeah, we had to travel the West Coast and back, and then it was just absolutely ridiculous. Dumb. Just not a fan.
0: All know. right. Well, hey. Kevin, thanks so much for uh, joining us today and talking about the Brewers and uh, yes, just sir. a little bit of your thoughts on the year in general. Hopefully we will have you back because the Brewers are sitting nicely in the driver's seat. 9 don't you dare edit that out. Um, <laughs> he's a big Cardinals fan. So All right. We are we are not letting it. Don't you dare edit that out, 9 Don't you do um, it. Don't, don't do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, you guys do that and uh thanks so much for joining us again and thank uh, you for having me on
3: it's been an absolute pleasure i really appreciate it
0: yeah always good to talk baseball and uh to listeners at home uh, stick around we'll have the outro here and one more thing if you normally cut out before the outro reminder we have our listener survey uh out in the show notes so please now that you're done with the episode go ahead and fill that out that would be really great thanks so much and uh yeah stick around for the outro all right
1: All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Our Baseball Weekly. Thanks so much for listening. Our Baseball Weekly is executive produced by Lewis, and our production administrator is Christine. The intro segment was hosted by me, Naim, and I was joined by Phil. I also edited this episode. Lewis conducted the interview with The Bum on the Bus, a.k.a. Kevin, and thanks so much to Kevin for joining us. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. Our Baseball Weekly releases every Monday at 1 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye!